2: The sports bar with
3: Danger and Bataglia. Bills, Dolphins, what clock? Wow. Sunday, Mike Danger. Just paint a picture. How insane is Orchard Park going to be Sunday with everything that's on the line for this game and the way this team is playing right at this moment?
4: Oh man, this Sunday is going to be fireworks. Gene Bataglia.
3: I think
2: this is going to be a lot of fun for a lot of old timers like yourself and me that remember what Bills, Dolphins used to mean way back in the day. And like, I don't know, is this becoming a rivalry, Danger? Absolutely, a rivalry. Biggest regular season Bills Dolphins game since maybe ever. Indeed, Bills fans are going to be ready for this. Oh my gosh! When does the tailgating start? Yeah. The Monday night doubleheader. That was kind of it. Eagles are now three and zero for the second consecutive season.
1: I
4: think Cincinnati's done. Carpet nails. Bam. Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, power couple in the NFL.
2: Travis Kelsey's had a lot of big catches in his career. <laughs> <laughs> this would be the biggest. <laughs> I want to kiss you. Final week of the. MLB regular season. It is the preseason home opener here at KeyBank Center tonight. Go no Sabres! 95.7
3: FM and AM 950 The Fan. Rochester. Did, did I hear that correctly? Did I hear Bill Belichick deliver a one-liner and actually have it hit? Oh, that was on uh, EEI yesterday yeah, morning. on yeah. our Odyssey Sports Sister there station. There
2: is no way. That Belichick did that on his own. That was served up to him, you know, by the producer beforehand. And like, Bill, you, oh, all right, yeah, that, that that's fire, very funny. I'll use it.
3: He, he Dare I say, he sounded like he was smiling while he was delivering the line about Travis Kelsey and, and Taylor Swift. I was, that was, I don't make me start liking Bill Belichick. Don't make me believe that he actually has a personality. What are we doing? Dude,
2: I've heard, and, and you've heard the same thing, that Bill in front of the camera and Bill on the sideline, and that that's not who he really is. He's actually kind of a funny guy that you would actually kind of like to be around, but because of his position, this is who he is. And. By comparison, I think McDermott's actually kind of the same way.
3: They have to take on this persona. Sure. Uh, Well, that was fun. Appreciate the Dandelorian putting that together for us, as he does every day here in the Sports Bar. And Welcome on in uh, to the Sports Leader at 95.7 FM and AM 950. We appreciate you checking us out inside the free-to-download Odyssey app on your smart device. When you ask it to play 95.7 The Fan, you can get our video stream as well at The Fan Rochester on YouTube and on Twitch, on Mike Danger, that's Gene Battaglia. We've got another afternoon of fantastic sports talk in the Flower City ahead for the next three hours.
2: Yeah, four o'clock hour. We're going to be talking some fantasy with our guy from the NFL Network, Michael F. Florio will be joining us as we will kind of set you up here for the waiver wire. What about this Miami running back that is still available in a lot of leagues? This guy, A-chan. Well, that that was fantastic what he did uh, last week. I think the one league I was in, fifty three points he put up. But is that anything close? Is that worthy? We'll ask uh, about your Tuesday waiver wire and some other fantasy things related. That's coming up at about four twenty five.
3: Yeah, and here's what else is brewing and on tap here in the sports bar, brought to you by Three Heads Brewing, where they have the Octoberfest lager, uh brewing right now on tap at Three Heads Multi sweet and such a treat. Great for this time of year. Get it before it is gone. Later this hour we'll discuss the Bills and the Dolphins with our buddy Matt Perino from the Syracuse Post-Standard. Yeah, usually we do like kind of a review with Matt
2: because he's always on the road and he was down in Washington, but... Boy, I don't know if we've ever kind of moved off a win that quickly. It was like, okay, yeah, that was nice. That was a lot of fun. Let's bring on the Dolphins here. So we'll talk to Matt, our good friend, uh, who was again in D.C., and we'll look ahead to Miami on Sunday.
3: Yeah, we've got our usual fare on tap as well. We'll get to a round of shots during happy hour. It's Tuesday, which means gino has got his pick. Locked in for Survive and Advance. If you're still alive in your NFL survivor pools, we'll give you our pick for week four. We've got some takes on tap with I'll drink to that on the way. And you can also pull up a stool and join us anytime on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line at 866-4326. That's 585 866 4 A
2: N. yeah, I mean for our survive in advance, this might have been the week where like do I want to take a road team in Kansas City against the Jets? No, we used Kansas City last week, Mm -hmm. but we have our pick danger and I'm going to guarantee I can't guarantee I'm going to forecast that in your pool. It's going to be
3: a pick that not the majority of people will take. That's a tease. I don't know which direction you're going. I looked at the schedule on Sunday night and I said man. This is going to be a tough week. This is a tough week to pick one team to win outright and advance to week five. But you have it circled. You have it locked in. Yes, yes, I have
2: it locked in. And uh, if we may, you know, if I may pump my own tires here, we took Kansas City like, oh, that was really easy. Okay, well... Dallas and Arizona, don't do that. Yeah, while people Baltimore against the
3: Colts, don't do that. We took Kansas City while other people got cute and took Baltimore or Dallas, the road team in that case, or Baltimore. You know, (laughs) Uh yeah. So
2: Gardner Minshew mania, the backup quarterback. The
3: hope is that it doesn't come to an end. When it does come to an end, we can we can make every excuse possible. Uh but so far so good. And we'll get week four's picking for you here in a little bit. Gene knows his stuff, by the way. He's an expert now. They've got him on the Beckql oh, yes. network earlier today with our buddy PJ for send it in. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think I forced myself onto that
2: show like I do for Perino's show. No, you didn't. No, I was like, and then so like that is up right now and it's on demand on the it's send it in. New time for the show, by the way, one o'clock. So ah. already passed, but was on there today. And it was interesting and, and it's co- kind of cool to get the national perspective on this, but basically his take was, Hey, when it comes to the Miami Dolphins here, do you see the Dolphins kind of using, you know, game management to keep the bills offense off the field? I'm like, Actually, no, I think it's actually the other way around. If you have your defensive coordinator, who also happens to be the head coach, will want his team playing complimentary football, he's going to want Josh Allen to play a smart game and to have nice, long drives. Because the Dolphins are going to make plays. Can we just admit that? It's not going to be three points. It's not going to be 10. You'd be lucky to get out of this with 24 allowed to Miami, okay? Can we just admit that? Well... Sure, and how you kind of limit those opportunities, make sure your offense is on the field more. It's the new evolution of this Bills offense.
3: And, and talking about the the Miami offense, man, everybody around the league, they are the talk of the NFL. Sean McDermott, calling them revolutionary.
4: They have uh, unreal team speed on, on, the, on the offensive side. Uh, that's really where my focus has uh, been the last uh, hour or two. And it seems like they added to it uh, this offseason, right? So, very good skill. Uh, Tua is uh, throwing the ball extremely well. Um, and they just, their, their schematics are, are almost revolutionary in what they do. I mean, it's Coach McDaniel's very, uh, very creative and, and uh, does a lot of things to, um, to get you out of position on defense.
3: He got his work cut out for him. Oh. Yeah, got his work cut out for him. And Sean McDermott there on uh, the Miami Dolphins offense, so that that's that's going to be a challenge. You you went on on Beck QL to talk about it. We'll have Matt Perino on with us here later this hour. Dude, I quoted you as well because PJ was pointing out. Now, if you're taking this from
2: a batting standpoint, sure, we could talk about the lines this game, but right now to win the AFC East, the Bills are at plus money. It makes sense. They're actually behind the Dolphins. And if the Dolphins win this, it's going to get even further. So, PJ asks, which way would you bet? And I'm like, PJ, like, honestly, like, I'd always take the plus money. Anybody should. But if you think that this is all going to be sewn up, well, my partner, Mike Danger, and it's right on tape. I put it on there. I'm quoting you, Mike Danger. Yes. It'll come down to week 18
3: for the Buffalo Bills. I really believe that that's the game. Like, you could lose on Sunday if you're the Bills. You don't want to lose on Sunday, but you could lose on Sunday and have that week eighteen game still be the game for the division. I, I can absolutely see that being the case. I could see the Bills and the Dolphins you know fighting and clawing to ten or eleven wins with that week eighteen matchup in Miami being for the division and for a playoff berth, with the loser getting sent home. I can totally see that happening. So it's not the end of the world if they end up losing on Sunday, if the bills end up losing on Sunday, but you don't want to be in that position. You don't want to be in that hole two games down with, you know, the tiebreaker going to Miami go, but, but that week 18 game, I think is still mm-hmm. the one that, that you have circled as that's the game that you, you know, will be for, for all of it. I could be completely wrong too, but you've seen this time and time again. I mean, Hell, just last night, Monday Night Football, Cincinnati gets off to a 1-2 and start. They started off 0-2 last year as well. They got a win. Now, Cincinnati this year is different than Cincinnati last year, but teams that start off slow or teams that, that suffer a loss here or there, they do find their way back into contention, and Cincinnati may be one of those teams, even with a beat-up Joe Burrow. Yeah, you saw a lot of his playmakers around him step up their game here, knowing that Hey, he shouldn't be out there. Yeah. He really should not have been out there. And, and he, you can tell he's not mobile. He's not able to do a lot of the things that you want him to do as your quarterback. But they did enough to get the win and to move to 1-2 and two last night against the L.A. Rams. So, you know, a team even like Cincinnati at 1-2 and two, right now with that 0-2 start, you can't count them out long term. And if the Bills lose to the Dolphins to fall to 2-2 two and two on the season, your your season is far from over. You're not, you know, not going to count out the Buffalo Bills if, if they do suffer a loss on Sunday.
2: Yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow, first two weeks without a 20-yard completion, I think that's an interesting topic. Like, this year is not like previous years because your quarterback is out there and he's not 100%. And are you just going to kind of let him play with this nagging injury and it gets to December and it's not going to get any worse? I mean, this is like, I think this is a tough decision for Cincinnati. Probably the right thing to do is actually give him three to four weeks off and be ready. And okay, we're not going to win the division, so be it. But we've won playoff games on the road. We've won in Tennessee. We've won in Arrowhead. We've won in Buffalo. Yeah. So why not give him a little if, time if, off?
3: But if you're Cincinnati uh, and it's who is it? Jake Browning, I want to say, is their backup. something like you're that, right? You're yeah. you're, you're, you're losing right. those games. 're you're, you're likely let's pull up the schedule and let's see because I I think you can, you're right. The right thing to do is to let Joe Burrow get healthy and rest that leg so that they can be competitive down the stretch, but you might not they not might not be a down the stretch if you drop three or four games without Joe Burrow as your quarterback. Well, at some point, I mean, they get the Titans in
2: Tennessee this week. That should be a win. They go to Arizona should be a win. Seattle at home. Look, and if this is the Bengals of old, that's 3-0. and oh. I don't know if they go 1-2. and two. Um, Then they're by, and then the 49ers. I don't know. It just seems like if you're going to play... If you could uh,
3: yeah. make the argument that they should shut him down now through the bye week so that he comes back against the Niners healthy. You could make that argument. I would listen to that. Yeah, and then you get the Bills game
2: on a Sunday night, and then it goes Texans, winnable game at Baltimore, Mm. Home against Pittsburgh at Jacksonville, the Colts, Vikings. Who knows
3: what the Vikings will
2: be by that point? Yeah. Steelers, Chiefs, Browns. That's a tough schedule overall.
3: Yeah, down the stretch for sure. But you could, you have a little bit of a soft belly right now with uh, the next three games into your bye week before you have to face San Francisco. I don't know. I don't think they'll do it. But it was clear from watching that game last night, he's not 100%. And it's also clear that, that, Cincinnati can scratch out some wins and still be dangerous, even with a quarterback that's not at 100%. The point being here is the season isn't over just because you lose a game, even a divisional game, in week four. You'll have time to try and make that ground up. You can't give up a lot of those games, and you need to rebound quickly. But um, that week 18 game, Gino, you're right. That's the game that I think a lot of us should have like circled as, all right, that game is going mm-hmm. to mean, mean a lot more than a Sunday in late September in Orchard Park. Yeah, because really, you look at the October schedule for Buffalo
2: after you get past this game. Uh, Jacksonville and London, okay, the the travel's the the worst thing of it, but the Jaguars don't seem like this formidable foe. You're going to have to put up points in that game. You get the Giants. You're at New England. and And then Tampa Bay comes in on a short week. Ooh, yeah, that's shocking they lost last night.
3: I have uh, a bit of news, not breaking news. This is personal news. I think I, I shared this yesterday, and I, I my lines get blurred all the time. Gino, I don't know if I share things with you on the air or off the air. I I can't remember if yesterday I mentioned this or not, but my daughter, 19-year-old daughter, came back from a trip to California. And she was in California for work, and she met with a lot of people who were international, uh, you know, entrepreneurs and such, uh, Australian, English. Et cetera, etc, cetera. and many of them said well we 're here in America, we should go to a football game, we should go to an NFL game they all wanted to go to an NFL game, they wanted to experience an NFL game, and that's not uncommon. Like I, I remember when we visited my wife's family in Italy. Her cousin is like, "Yeah, the next time I come to America, I have to go to a Bills game. I have to go to an NFL game. It just, I have to see if It's a bucket list thing. Like a lot of us would consider a World Cup match to be a bucket list thing, or a English Premier League match to be a it's bucket list thing.
2: Funny that probably would have been like baseball fifty years ago, but this is what they're exposed to a little bit." through television overseas and yeah
3: so because she was exposed to this this you know group of entrepreneurs from overseas all talking about the nfl she's like wait a minute why haven't i ever gone to an nfl game and i'm like well quite frankly i'm not taking you as a you know teenager 14 15 year old girl to you know a football game we can go when the time is right she's like well when is the time i'm like you want to go now we'll go now and she's like yeah i want to go to a football game i want to go to a bills game i'm like we're going and so we're going. We're going on Sunday. I got the tickets. We're going on Sunday. She's got a lot of questions. <laughs> she's yeah. not she's not big into the tailgating thing we took her to. Uh, when she was a teenager, we took her to Penn State for uh, a Penn State, Ohio State whiteout a few years ago. She was, you know, 13, 14 years old, something, like 50, maybe even 15. Um, and she was not about the tailgating, just, you know, not about the, the, the whole scene of, you know, people drinking their faces off and looking around and looking around. The oh, there's somebody yakking their brains out like she she gets grossed out by that.
2: Yeah. And, and there is
3: a debauchery element. Of, of course. Yeah. Of course, and and you know I I can say that to her, but it doesn't fully prepare her for that. But she's like, you know, can we can we limit the tailgating to like ten minutes? I'm like, mm, don't work that way. This is <laughs> oh no, no no no. Leah oh this no. is, you got uh, all morning. Yeah, here. this is going to be a, a day long excursion. So clear your decks, clear your calendar. We're making this an all day thing. We're get, we're getting up early. We're going early. We're tailgating. We're doing the whole thing. Because you wanted to go to a Bills game, we're going to do it the right way. We're not going to show up late. We're not going to be amateurs about this. We're going to have some fun, and so you know, I, I I'm excited to share this with her. But then then she drops this on me. Oh my god, I don't own any Bills gear. I like, well, I don't either. I mean, you know, do you need to be wearing Bills gear? Is that a prerequisite if you're going to a Bills game? Must you be mm. in, you know, it worst comes to worse, she'll just go to Wegmans and buy, a, you know, something in the little Bills section that they always I'm have I'm sure up. you could go to Goodwill and pick up something from
2: the 1980s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like honestly, like um okay, first piece of advice, you especially now, you got to go early. Uh, with that big mound of dirt across the street, there is less parking. I don't know if you have a game plan for parking. Also, you, the official lot's 50 bucks now. Ooh. Yeah. So that's more expensive. So you got to, like... Figure out which satellite lot. I would highly recommend you know coming up with a strategy there.
3: Yeah, so we've got to strategize all of that. She's got to get herself some Bill's gear. I'm I'm tempted to to wear some Bill's gear, but then I feel like I would be a fraud if I wore Bill's gear because you know I'm wearing it just to kind of blend in incognito. Oh, style. Here, here's what you can do. Don't you? You would wear
2: Sabers gear? Could yeah. You do that. Yeah, or like an Amrex sure. something. Yeah.
3: Uh, I I I've worn Sabers. Gear in the past. Oh no! Here's what you do: wear the Peterman. Yes. Nah.
2: Yes. Nah.
3: Can't do it, man. Come
2: on, why? Can't, can't, come on, people be like, "Woo, it's, it's, it's
3: atrocious. It's atrocious. It it brings up, it conjures up bad memories. It's bad <laughs> stirrings. No no but so that we'll be looking for you that's that's the plan sunday uh i'm taking her to her first bills game she's excited i'm excited to share it with you we'll be bouncing around from tailgate to tailgate i want to try and find her you know all of the all of the debauchery all of the stories all of the legends of bill's pregame i want to make sure she experiences as much of it as she can i i hate to break your heart but like you're not going to see
2: anybody jumping through folding tables or anything like that. Like Bo from WBE. It's his first game, too. and He's like, hey, I can't wait to like, dude, you have no idea. It's not like that. Honestly, like, yes, it, it, it's really distorted because here's this video and this is how all Bills fans act. Now, people will be, I drinking. know,
3: I know that it's not all like that. Because I've been to enough tailgates where I know, like, it's community, it's chill. There are a lot of people that are just eating their food, drinking their beers, and having a good time. But there are pockets and pieces and places where, if you know where you're going and you go to the right, oh, spot. you could search it out yeah, for sure. But I'm right.
2: just saying, like, it's not going to like you're going to show up and you be like, oh my gosh, I'm <clears throat> I'm in Hades. What's no, going on? No no, no, no,
3: no, no, no. I know, she, I know. I'm not taking her to uh, a scene from Caligula. It's just going to be, it's just going to be fun. And I want her to experience and see as much of that as possible. I know we have some Bills fans that (laughs) listen to us that are probably like, yeah, let's meet up. Let's do it. Let's get together. Yeah. Uh, Chris writing in. you know, Danger, you
2: could skip the tailgate, grab some hot wings, blue cheese, and then then after
3: that, (laughs) take her to the Bills game. Oh, no. Have I become this guy? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to go up to Buffalo, and I'm going to go get some hot wings and blue cheese, and then after that, I'm going to take my kids to the Bills game. Oh, no. <laughs> That's you. I've become that guy. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, I'm going to go to the tailgate at the Bills game, and I'm going to bring my kids. Maybe then after that, when we get home, we'll go to Abbott to get some frozen custard.
0: Oh, yeah?
2: Boy them the dolphins in Tua. Tua Tonga Vialoa. Yeah, that Tua. That Mike McDaniel.
3: <laughs> well, it's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be an unbelievable atmosphere, I'm sure, and it's gonna be a great game. Uh let's talk a little bit more about it. We'll we'll look back at Sunday with Matt Perino next. From the Syracuse Post Standard. The Bills get a big win in Washington. Look good doing it, a comfortable win against the Commanders. And now we look ahead to Miami. So we'll get into all of that next with our pal Matt Perino, the Shout Podcast, and the Syracuse Post Standard, com. Our guest here in the sports bar, Danger and Bataglia on the fan. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Mike Danger for FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 95-7, the Fan, right now. New customers get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, and you've got a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Mike, M-I-K-E, to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL, 21+. plus and physically present in new york first online real money wager only ten dollar first deposit required bonus issued is non withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt restrictions apply see terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com for help with a gambling problem call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 odyssey has sports for every fan keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts a-u-d-a-c-y odyssey
2: Bills players off today. The point spread now is Buffalo by three over Miami. Head coach Sean McDermott knows that facing this Miami offense is a
4: step up. They definitely plus. attack horizontally, but they also attack vertically with the speed element. And um, they do a great job. Uh, like I said before, it's uh, revolutionary, the scheme that they that they use. And, and uh, it seems like they've added some things since last season at this point. And um, they're obviously giving people a lot of problems right now.
2: Matt Perino, Syracuse Post Standard, will join us next year in the sports bar. Around the FC East, the New York Jets plan to sign free agent quarterback Trevor Simeon. Rochester Nighthawks, their schedule is out. The home opener coming up on December 2nd against Calgary. One game right now in the majors, no score between the Dodgers and the Rockies. Gene Battaglia in the sports leader, 95.7 FM, and AM 950 and Rochester. Top-shelf sports talk. You're hanging out in the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia on The Sports Leader, 95.7
1: FM and AM 950, The Fan, Rochester.
4: You want to ask me about the fans? Nobody, nobody wants to ask about our fans yesterday, man. You guys don't talk about them enough. That's what I'm just saying. We're not talking about you know this team, that team, and certainly respect that. But uh, you guys need to need to celebrate the fans more. I mean, that was uh, that was incredible. I think it was louder when we were on defense than it was when they were on defense. Um, it was a little bit like a home game for us there. Um, nobody travels like like the Bills Mafia, so we we really appreciate uh, everyone showing up out there and showing out yesterday.
3: Bills head coach Sean McDermott. I've been up the Bills fans who came out to Washington. They won't worry about have to worry about any sort of. Uh Loss of home field advantage, of course, hosting Miami on Sunday. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that here in a sec with Matt Perino of the Syracuse Post Standard of the Show podcast, who's always good with this time to join us on a Tuesday afternoon to talk about the Buffalo Bills. Matt, uh, welcome back from the District of Columbia. That was as about a, as comfortable a Bills win as I think we've seen in quite some time. And, and man, the defense really the the highlight of that performance on Sunday.
5: Oh yeah, I mean this this kind of was building. I felt like you know the defensive line was some was a unit that was performing maybe at a level that the staff weren't even really, you know, showing early in the season. I mean the pressure rate, the way that they were, you know, kind of operating and making things difficult on Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously Zach Wilson uh in week 1 and it um was exactly what you think would happen against an offensive line in Washington. That's not very good. Probably bottom half of the league. um, If not bottom third. And, you know, it's important because we've been spending four years talking about Ed Oliver, right? Like when is he going to finally find some level of consistency? And to be honest with you, I think he's been overall from a consistency standpoint, the best bills player on either side of the ball through the first three weeks of the season. And I mean, with Von Miller out, and we talked about what that's going to look like on their offensive line. Like they needed somebody to step up and assume that role of, you know, the straw that stirs the drink. I said it on our show on uh, on Sunday, and Oliver's been that. I mean, from a pressure perspective against the run, setting the tone with tackles for a loss, he's he's done all of that. And so I think we've seen the 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 immediate impact of Leonard Floyd, a veteran, proven ten sack kind of guy. You know, Russo has been great. And then when you have a performance like Epinesa, and we can talk about Terrell Bernard, I mean, those are the kinds of things that get a defense going. And it's just in time because, you know, it's only the the, the best offense in the league on deck here on Sunday.
2: Yeah. It, well, let's start with Bernard. Matt Perino, uh, Syracuse Post-Standard. also catch him with Ryan Talbot in the Shout podcast we can be surprised by Bernard and he's making these big plays as he did against Washington. He may be the uh, AFC defensive player of the week. Who knows? Garrett had a good game for Cleveland as well. But here's my question. It could be surprising maybe to us. Is it surprising for that Bill's coaching staff and Sean McDermott that Bernard is playing at this level?
5: No. And I mean, it. it's not overly surprising to me and it's why I kind of pump the brakes on the, Um, you know, Terrell Bernard hate party after week one, when it was kind of looking a little bit like, all right, a little late to his gaps, you know, a little bit like swallowed up out there. It was his first start at middle linebacker after not playing in the preseason. And he's a second year player. And I felt like, you know, he'd be in the situation where the more snaps, the better. Let's look when we have like a larger sample size. I didn't project him to, you know, turn into this, you know, explosive splash play making, um, leader on the defense, like that he's been through the first three games of the season. I mean, crazy guys. Like I put it out there on Sunday, like Edmonds had two picks his entire rookie season, his first year at middle linebacker Bernard's a sophomore, but like, this is his first three starts at been a linebacker. He's already equaled the season, you know, splash play, uh, total of his predecessor. And that's mass- massive, massive. He had five interceptions, Edmonds did, in four seasons with the Bills. I mean, who knows? Bernard could get there in one year. So that's that's huge. And I also think, like, his size. Like, he's more able to, I think, provide answers and coverage against the kind of speed that they'll see against some of the elite offenses. I thought Edmonds was a really good player, but against, like, the elite offenses that had, like, the Tyree kills of the world and some of these, like, more explosive tight ends, you know, his athleticism was neutralized at times in coverage. And I think Bernard is showing that, first of all, instinctually, he's built to play in Sean's defense. And I think Sean, to his credit, knew this, knew this since his conversations with his coach at Baylor, you know, uh, over a year ago. And he said it uh, on Monday, he came with the football smarts. Like, they knew the player they were getting. And I think that's why they were so... Comfortable with not addressing the position in free agency, despite all of the criticism from you know people like myself included that was slung at them. Early returns are good, but again, it's early, so we got to use perspective.
3: So, so much of, of success, whether you're talking about Bernard or anybody on the team, and, and Bernard has a little bit of this now that he's had interceptions in two straight games and he's coming off this big game in Washington. It's confidence, Matt. It's confidence for these guys. And and one guy that we were worried about last week, and we may have even touched on it when when you stopped by last Tuesday, is Trey White. And, and you know, he might not look like he looked pre ACL injury and Sean McDermott even acknowledged as much last week when, when he spoke to the media and said, yeah, we see glimpses from time to time of pre ACL Trey white. Well, Trey white made a play against Washington that you would imagine helps boost his confidence. What have your eyes seen in the play of the bills top corner?
5: Yeah, I think he's still kind of revving back up and, and, you know, uh, who knows? Uh, I don't know if he's ever going to be like full-time the player that he was. I mean, that's two years ago. He's an older player. Like I think the best players in, 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 in sports find a way to evolve as their, you know, athleticism diminishes as, you know, they just get a little bit slower or, you know, the eyes aren't working the same way. I mean, you're battling all that without an ACL injury and, you know, I think he's been Solid. I think there's been times where it's been eh. I actually went into the game last week saying on one of the shows that you know that was one area of concern against Terry McLaurin, who's a really good player. And I thought all the plays that he made in that game um, were in front of Trey White and he never looked um, overmatched and, and, and to make a play like that, like your 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 assessment of how important confidence is for some of these players, like it's huge for him. Tradavius White hasn't talked to the media since the end of last season at some point, I can't remember what it was. He's refusing to do so, um, so much so that he's probably going to start getting fined. Um, uh, I don't know the reason. Uh, there have been some conversations that have been had, um, but obviously maybe a player that, you know, it, it, dealing with a, some confidence issues, like you know, coming back, not being the same version of yourself. I mean, I would guess that that's a hard thing to deal with. And so if he can build on a good performance, And, you know, start to kind of string some of those together. I thought he got better over the course of last season. So you really want him to be as close to that version by the end of the season. Um, Is he that right now? No, Um, this is a big game this week. And this Miami Dolphins team is going to challenge them in ways uh, they know what's coming. And and that's why Sean McDermott was so quick to bring it up in his post post post-game press conference. Um, i I think that they should really consider bringing up Kyer Elam in this matchup for some type of run. I don't know if that means starting him. You know, Christian Benford had that one play as good as he's been in This is not a, a knock on Benford. I think he's been really good, but where he, I think where I think Elam is better is that recover speed. When a guy does get past you on a, on a move to be able to use your speed and get back and be competitive in the play. Curtis Samuel blew by Benford and, Benford couldn't recover, and that was a big-time play. And who knows, they go down and, and score, maybe it's a different game, I'm not sure. But I think with his press ability, Kyrie Elam, and his ability to run with some of the, the speed that the, the, the Dolphins present, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a game day active on Sunday.
2: Matt Perino, Syracuse Post Standard. As, uh, now we look ahead here to the Dolphins. And Matt, uh, you're sticking with the defense. And you mentioned that Miami speed. And if there is one thing that for years you didn't have to worry about in Buffalo, it's actually my number one concern on defense this week. How are the safeties for Buffalo, Poyer and Hyde, going to deal with this speed? And I'm just curious how McDermott's going to use them. Is he going to put them up? High because well then Tua can pick you up a part underneath if you get a little more aggressive well you could you know give up the big play so so Matt your thoughts on those two safeties here and do they have one more run in them here to come up big this Sunday
5: yeah and I I think there's a couple things like first of all like Tua likes to play the dink and dunk game and then try to hit you over the top and I think Micah Hyde now four games into the season you know he looked like he was moving around. A little bit better, like you know, when you don't play football for a year, it's just like you probably just got to get your timing back, and you know the the, the way that that all kind of comes back to you. And I thought he looked the best that he has in that Washington game. So I think if Tua wants to take deep shots, I still would argue that you there's not many guys that you want back there more than you want Micah high. Now now Poyer, he's got the uh, really the hardest job because he's got to play that deep safety spot at times, but also be super aggressive against their running game. Like that to me is the, the thing that makes Miami so good. If you just had to pass deal with their pass game and preparing for that, it's one thing, but they run and they, and they can roll through running backs and do all these different things with the motion that they do the misdirection um, just the, the simplest concepts. They're so excellent at all of them under Mike McDaniel that it puts a guy like Poyer in a lot of tough spots. And I thought he played well against the Dolphins last year, and they're going to need him to probably have his best game of the year because of all of the things that they're going to ask him to do in this game. I think Bernard playing at the level that he is at, and obviously you have Matt Milano, it helps. But, man, you're right, a lot on the plate of Jordan Poyer and, and Micah Hyde this week.
3: And we talked a little bit about how good the defensive line for the Bills have been playing so far this year, at Oliver specifically. I mean, do the Bills have enough here, and and can they affect – the, the Dolphins offense, by just rushing four, do you expect Sean McDermott to be a little bit more aggressive against two and try to force a mistake?
5: Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple of different, like, you know, uh, maybe a little bit more aggressive with the way that they stunt uh, and, and rush the four when they do and adding an extra rusher in at times, maybe a couple. You got to be careful because to your point on the speed, like if you if you're sending six at any point or even five, like somebody back there, is going to be left on an Island with somebody potentially. And that's the situation you don't want to be in. The thing I really, the idea that I like this week is maybe throwing Rousseau in at defensive tackle, like a little bit more, even like for 15% of his snaps because of his length. Like, I think that's one of the other thing that you have to do. And the bills do as good a job of this as anybody. And like, I think it was last week that Epinesa had a play where he was landing at, at Jimmy Garoppolo. And instead of like, you know, lunging to try to tackle him. He just got his arms up, affected the pass, and ended up being an interception. Yeah. And those are the things you got to do. And Russo, with his size in the middle, if you're going to affect throwing lanes for Tua, that could, that could be when, like, he's got to, like, pull and rear back the, the arm for a second, readjust, and then throw uh, with, with pressure in his face. Those are the moments that you want. So I, there's a lot of things that I think he can do. McDermott, I don't know if he's going to be necessarily more aggressive blitzing, Um, They really emphasized last season. I remember talking about this in the three games, like population to the football, like no matter where you are in your zone, you have to locate the football, know where it's going and anticipate and and get bodies there. And that's the thing that, that, that what also I saw watching this Broncos game back is these guys, like they break tackles, they bounce off tacklers. And then if you bounce off of a tackle with the kind of short area quickness, that Mostert, Hill, Waddle, and now Achan have, like, they're gone. And and you're looking at 20 yards after the catch, you're looking at touchdowns. So that's the thing that I think the Bills do a little bit better than the first three teams that uh, the Dolphins played, is not giving them those second opportunities, uh, but we'll see. It's it's easier said than done.
2: Yeah, Dolphins uh, putting up 70 points, the Bills putting up 37, the over-under this week, Uh, the highest on the board at at 53.5, and... Matt, would you agree with this statement or not? I, I don't think the Bills want to get into a shootout with this team. Do we expect maybe a more conservative Buffalo offense to keep the Miami offense off the field?
5: I mean, yeah, you don't want to get in this shootout, but let's not forget the fact that they scored, what, 64 on them in the last two games that they played against them. This isn't a defense that scares the Bills. And they've had a lot of success against the Miami Dolphins. So I think this passing game, like to me, they play a lot of nickel coverage, which to me, you don't have Jalen Ramsey. So you've had to adjust and you have Xavier Howard on one side, you moved uh, Kohu out from nickel to the boundary and they're playing Bethel. Who's primarily a special teamer at the nickel corner spot. He's done well, but like, to me, this might be the Dalton Kincaid game. Like the bills have not found a way to get him consistently involved. They tried to feed him early against the commanders and then they went in another direction. And like, I think that middle, that short area and middle and and even intermediate and deep, like Kincaid should be able to put pressure on them, especially when they try to play man uh, coverage and put two safeties deep, like go over the middle of the field and go find your rookie that you paid all this money to and see if that can kind of open some things up uh, and then maybe open up the door to some more running uh, as well. So I think there's a lot of things this Bills offense can do against this team. Of course, like you know, if it's a shootout like this Miami team, if they have the ball last, you're 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 going to be in a bad spot. But I don't think the Bills offense is worried about this Dolphins defense. Maybe I'll eat my words next Tuesday.
3: Talk a little bit about the, the last two games for James Cook. I mean, six and a half yards per carry against Washington on Sunday, making the most of his opportunities. Although it does seem like. Ken Dorsey's dialing up running plays early in drives, early you know early down in distance, and not seeing a ton of success on first and ten, second and long. What are your eyes seeing as far as Ken Dorsey's game plan and how he's using James Cook so far this season?
5: I like the um how many pitches Ken Dorsey has seemingly been able to add to his repertoire, right? If we're looking at this through the lens of like a, a pitcher, like if you just got the fastball, which that's really what they've had the last couple of years, like Devin Singletary, Zach Moss are kind of like the same guys. They didn't really use cook a lot early in the last season. I thought you started to develop some of that down the stretch, but now with cook as a featured guy, you can go with that approach. He, he's very good on the edge. I really like the way that he picks up speed as he's hitting his turn. But when you bring out Latavius Murray and Damian Harris, like you, 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 got your slider, you got your curveball. Like those guys are different. Defenses have to play against them differently. Like talking to guys trying to tackle Latavius Murray. I mean, he's such an awkward player because he's so tall. He's unorthodox because he runs like a smaller player, but he's got that size and physicality and he's really good in the red zone. He has evidence by the fact that he leaves the team in rushing touchdowns already this season. And then Harris is just like kind of a, a do a little bit of everything back. I mean, did you guys catch that like, kick return he had the other day? Yeah. Like, He's really like, sneaky athletic and can do multiple things, and I feel like they have three different backs with three different like, you know, skill sets. And that, to me, is, is interesting, and, and Dorsey's leaned into that. And even when they haven't panicked when the running back game hasn't been working, and they haven't gone away from it either in any of these three games. Now, it's going to be harder to do that this week because Miami, like you well mentioned, they're going to score points. And how patient can you be if it's not working? And, you know, they've gone to a Josh-heavy approach in the past against this team. So... um so many little intricacies, so many little details within the details that are going to be, you know, what we end up talking about on Sunday evening.
2: Yeah, yeah, Matt, uh before we ask you, you know, your outlook for this game. Uh I'm just curious like uh, you know, one final thought going back to Washington there, what was that atmosphere like? Was it uh more Bills fans like that stadium is way past uh you know, it's an expiration date. Your 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 thoughts on what you saw down there last week from the Buffalo fan base and, you know, the the need for a new stadium down there in DC.
5: I didn't think it was as bad as everybody makes it out to be. I mean, I've seen worse stadiums. Like, to be honest with you, like, I think Lambeau's kind of a dump. Like, that's probably, like, um, sacrilegious to say that. <laughs> but, I mean, when we when we got there, I, was, I wasn't I was super impressed with it. The drive-in was, like, whatever. It was kind of like a nice drive-in to the stadium, and then you get there, and it looks like a run-of-the-mill stadium. And then you get inside, and it was fine. Bill's Mafia... um, I was standing out on the sideline for the um, pregame show and one of the security guards and I started, you know, having a conversation. And he said, man, I do not like this, man. Bill's mafia, dude, that's it's for real. Like news don't travel like this. And I mean, they were there, they were out there. They, they piled down to the front row before the game. And they're all just waiting to get a glimpse of everything. And it, it it sets the stage early. And then during the game, I mean, you could hear it on the broadcast. I went back and watched it back. Like, McDermott wasn't lying. There were times when it was like the Bills fans were louder than the Commanders fans. And it's not surprising. I mean, that, that team's been kind of like stuck in the Snyder era, and they're just starting to get kind of get things back a little bit. It's funny, my brother-in-law, um, he lives in Virginia, outside of uh, D.C. and Fairfax, huge Commanders fan. And uh, we always talk back and forth. And uh, he, he, they made a little video before the game because my whole family are Bills fans, and he sent it along of him like talking some trash. And apparently he was watching it with his wife and two kids. And he had to like retreat to his bedroom to watch the second half. It was, it was a tough night. And then I went over to his house after we had a little chicken parm and he didn't want to talk about things. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of funny.
3: Um, all right, Matt. So it's, it's only Tuesday, so we don't need to get your full prediction for this weekend, but do you have a lean? What, what are your thoughts here as you start to evaluate the bills and the dolphins going into Sunday?
5: I really don't have a pick yet, and I'm not going to make it until I get a chance to be in the building this week and get a better feel for the preparation and just the, the vibes. Uh, like I mentioned, I don't think this is a Bills team that's scared of the Dolphins. Like, I think that they've had a lot of success. They have a, a really, really detailed understanding of their personnel. Uh, with that said, I think the Dolphins are playing just such great football right now. They know who they are. They know what they have to do. Um, if Connor Williams can play and that line is fantastic, is healthy. That's such a huge piece of this. Like I'm leaning the dolphins, to be honest with you. Uh, And and that's a tough pick because like I've loved almost everything I've seen from the bills the last two weeks. It's just that offense is playing at a level that they really, the Denver Broncos were just defeated in that game. They wanted to be off the field. Like they didn't want to do it anymore. Now the bills defensively, they're going to have more answers. They're better at all three levels. Um, But I'm leaning the dolphins, but I won't make my pick till Friday
2: matt you're the best appreciate you and we'll check out the shout podcast as well thanks for your time today bud thanks boys have a good week
3: you got it matt perino syracuse post standards uh you can read his work at newyorkupstate.com hear him and ryan talbot on the shout podcast throughout the course of this week as we we get you ready for bills dolphins coming up here sunday afternoon boy he's ready with take that was like take
2: take take opinion 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 to just get ready. It's going to be a lot of this. And I, I kind of agree with him on that. Like, Because which way am I leaning? I honestly don't know. Yeah, we're going to talk to Armando Salguero tomorrow, who doesn't cover the Dolphins anymore. He's NFL at large now for out Kick, But he
3: certainly is based in Miami. I mean, I'd be curious to get his thoughts uh, tomorrow at 425. It, it sure feels like the Dolphins are going to come in with all of the heat of a 70-point performance and it's going to win a lot of favor from from people that you know maybe haven't watched the bills as closely as we have the point that Perino just made that I love Buffalo's not going to be afraid of Miami. Like they're not going to look at Miami at three and zero and be like, "Ooh, the Dolphins!" Oh my
2: goodness! It, it, look, this is McDermott at his best, revolutionary. Yeah, okay, He's yeah, really yeah. hyping
3: him up, mm-hmm. really, really hyping him up. And and what we know about the NFL, and we see it time and time again. What looks revolutionary for a period of time eventually wears thin and goes away. Teams get smart. Teams can scheme and find ways. To defeat what it is that you've gotten really good at. I mean, you watched the Rams last night. That remember what Sean McVay's offense used to look like? Don't look like that anymore. Nope, doesn't look like that anymore. Teams get smart. <laughs> like, wait a second, that, that that was a Super Bowl match from two years ago. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, so yeah, that that's it's realistic to think that uh, Sean McDermott might be the first head coach slash defensive coordinator to look at what Miami has done so far this year and come up with a way to actually neutralize it, slow it down or completely stop it altogether. I'll listen to that. Going to be a great game. You can hear it here on the fan. Rochester, our uh, pregame coverage Sunday morning gets underway at nine AM kickoff just after one o'clock as the bills host the Miami dolphins. And when I was thinking about this weekend's game, like Mm -hmm. this is like the last one o'clock kickoff for the bills until what? Well, Thanksgiving?
2: They the October twenty second, they're in New England at one o'clock, uh, but at home. Yes. Yeah, I think this is it, right? Yeah, yeah. D- yes. There's yeah. some
3: primetime games in there. There's a late afternoon, I wow. want to say, against the Jets. Yeah, there's this is uh this is gonna feel you know, for being a one o'clock game, the the team that wants to be playing in, in a routine and in a rhythm and playing at a, at a set time every week, that's not what the Bills are anymore, man. They move them about the chessboard all over the place. You know, if you give up seventy points in the NFL, you are in hot water.
2: Who's in hot water? That Gene? would be Vance Joseph. He still
3: has a job, but maybe not for long. Maybe they- it's the diversity in his background. <laughs> That's helping him out. I I don't know. I mean, like, it just feels like Vance Joseph, no matter where he is or what team he's coaching for, he's having the time of his life.
2: Beth, coach, it's a pleasure to be with you guys here on the field from up close just watching Coach Vance Joseph from here. You watch him now on the screen. This diversity in his background is helping him a lot tonight. Quarterback at Colorado, defensive back in the NFL. And here he is having the time of his life this night making his head coaching debut. God bless Sergio Dip. Gosh, can we bring back Sergio Dip? God bless that guy. Fantastic. See how good hot water can be at Ace Swim and Leisure. They've been serving Rochester-area families since 1962. It isn't very often that something comes along as cool and different. as the all-new Jacuzzi Swim Spa. It's the right size. It's the right price. It's the pool-spa combo that gives you the pro-grade water workout and therapeutic water massage. See the all-new Jacuzzi Swim Spa for yourself at Ace Swim and Leisure's Chilai Avenue store today, or AceSwim.com. I think right now, Vance Joseph is actually having the time of his life. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no justice for Sergio. He disappeared after that. It's, it's too bad. They didn't even let him do another hit too after bad. that. It's, yeah. just, it's, it's a shame. It really is. You can join us at 866 432 We'll get to some takes next with I'll Drink to That. Yeah, I've got
2: uh, some opinions on what we saw from Philadelphia last night and how actually this might actually be a good sign for the whole world here and... It's not an NHL preseason hockey take, but I'm going to say something I don't say something very often. The NHL actually does something right as compared to other leagues. What could that be?
3: You know, a lot of people have been talking the last 24 hours the effect that Taylor Swift has had on Travis Kelsey jersey sales. Tra- Taylor Swift will have an effect on the NFL, on the culture around the NFL. There's so many opportunities for Taylor Swift that will be available to her. She can change... The world with this newfound this additional newfound exposure that she's getting by dating travis kelsey
2: i saw this video too she must love this she walked into the stadium and no one bothered her
3: right like, wow, I could just be a normal person. Wow. <laughs> we'll see about that, Taylor. Michael F. Florio of NFL Network will talk some fantasy football coming up here after four o'clock as well. Stay in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia on the Fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. This
1: episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,
3: we